Hello everyone. It's a bit of a different kind of podcast today. Normally I talk about specific topics to do with biology, but in this one, as the title suggests, from uh, patients to pupils, I'm going to be talking about why I left a career in medicine. So I started out as a medic, but I always wanted to be a teacher. And it's one question that I get asked a lot by the students that I teach. Why did I leave that career if I'm so passionate about biology? So I thought I'd just give some background into how I basically got into medicine and how I knew it wasn't for me. Because medicine is not it's not like a normal nine to five job. It isn't a job, it's a vocation. It's a you could argue a lifestyle because it requires you to be so fully committed. And I never had that. I was never fully committed to following a career in medicine. I almost I, I fell into it almost. So if I take you back to the kind of the very beginning. At school, I loved science. Science was my favourite subject. I found biology the most interesting. And it, it sounds, and it's not meant to sound arrogant, but I just found biology easy. It just, it resonated with me. It connected. I could see the bigger picture. I could see how cells would work together to form tissues and the tissues to form the organs. And I could see how the organ systems all interlinked. And it just, it just made sense to me. I enjoyed chemistry as well. Physics, not not so much, um, and maths I enjoyed. And as a result, after school, I ended up taking four A-levels, biology, chemistry, physics, and maths. A very, I guess for a medic, a very standard kind of set of A-levels. Uh, chemistry is the one that is always required. And still now at university, they uh, request that medics have chemistry A-level. That's obviously to see that you're analytical, that you're a logical thinker. Biology is pretty much given Physics I just enjoyed. I enjoyed and wanted to complement the other two sciences. And maths, I enjoyed it to begin with. I mean, I started really strong. I got 100% in my first, I remember P1 exam, I got 100% and it started great. And then each subsequent exam seemed to just go lower and lower. But I had uh, a good, strong kind of academic start and a decent CV to go with it. Because for medicine applicants, they look at things like work experience. So it was during my time in high school back in Manchester where I uh, started to gain some of this experience. I remember doing a week at a GP surgery and I was hoping to get in with loads of patients and watch those kind of doctor-patient interactions. But instead, I was basically uh, just filing blood reports in the back room. Now, on the face of it, you'd think that seems a bit pointless but actually it really isn't and this is one of the things that I really impress upon the students that I teach who I know want to uh, head into the medical profession it's not what you do it's what you take from it it's what you gained from it what skills you got from it and actually I picked up so much from just being in that environment I could still see how doctors and patients interacted how the team in a general practitioner's kind of worked and also, I just got familiar with medical terms, dealing with reading, well, obviously not reading the confidential data, but just dealing with the blood reports, looking at the typical paperwork you get. It just gave me a sort of a sort of overarching kind of view, if you like, of what that work would entail. I had, I remember a, a week at um, an A&E department in Manchester, and actually it's a lot of the students that I teach say, oh, I saw this, I saw that. And actually, my, my week spent in A&E was not that great, to be honest. I didn't really see anything. I didn't really get involved. I, I, I wasn't asked to be involved in much. And I, I find as well, a lot of students find that, that when they're 
especially in a busy ward like I was in, I, I felt a bit of a nuisance. I felt I was kind of in the way. I was trying to see what I could see. I saw um, some stitches in a hand uh, being put in, uh, someone who had injured themselves with some gardening tools. And you know what? That, that's pretty much all I can remember. It wasn't actually the most eventful week. But I had it, and it looked good on my CV. I mean, at the time, it was all about yeah, building up my CV, building up for UCAS prep, and making myself look appealable, uh, so that when they interviewed me, I had all these things to talk about. I knew back then it wasn't that I had a natural interest in doing those things. It was always told to me that that's what you do to have a great medical application. I think probably the most useful kind of life experience I got in terms of work experience was when I used to volunteer on a Sunday at a local hospice. Now there you're seeing basically medicine, end of life patients basically. Um, and you can build up some good relationships there. I mean, I was answering the telephone at the front desk, but you still, you get to know the people there because you're investing your time there. Although perhaps didn't have my finest uh, moment working at the hospice. Uh, uh, elderly patient had actually died in the morning uh, one day and the, but the family weren't aware and they they rang through to the main reception and they asked if they could visit and I said oh yeah absolutely fine and then I read the note that was on the diary I was like oh no actually you can't and I realized that then my bedside manner needed a little bit of work and I polished up over time but yeah that wasn't a great moment for me having to talk to the family like that but still I had my CV, I had my work experience, I had my grades, and then off I went for these medical interviews. Now, I applied to a variety of places. I applied for uh, Leeds, I applied for one in Newcastle, I applied to Cambridge. Again, I didn't really think about wanting to be at Cambridge. It was kind of just suggested to me that maybe I should apply because of my academic record in school. And also, I had family members who had been. And that's the thing I found personally with uh, the start of my career in medicine. If you have like siblings or parents or cousins or extended family members who are in the medical profession, it's, it's not expected of you that you would follow suit, but it certainly did sway my decisions. Having all these family members and, and then people saying, oh, you could follow in their footsteps and do what they're doing, etc. I mean, I remember at school, I would tell people that I wanted to be a consultant cardiologist because I found the heart interesting. I had no idea at all what that job would entail. At the time, I, I wasn't really aware what a consultant did. And cardiologists, well, I knew I liked the heart. I didn't know whether I'd want to spend my whole career dealing with it. But I would tell people that I wanted to be a consultant cardiologist because it sounded cool. It sounded like this amazing, high-powered, really uh, top job. And I wasn't really thinking about what I was actually saying. So I applied to all these universities. My interviews actually went really well, bar the Cambridge one. The, the Cambridge one was quite unusual in that they asked me questions that were actually probably more chemistry-based than they were biological, but also they gave me a three-legged chair with a wonky leg. And I didn't know if it was a test to see whether I would sit properly on it or whether they just wanted to give me a dodgy chair. But it, it, for some reason, that just threw me off. And I ended up actually getting uh, rejected by all of my universities, and that I did not plan for. I mean, I had I had prepped the interview questions. The academic record was strong. My experience was there. Um, I wasn't nervous in interviews. I was quite nervy in school generally. But in interviews, you wouldn't be able to tell. But I had a 
a full list of rejections and I thought well what do I do now where, where do I go from here I hadn't realized uh, that actually my mom had called St Andrews University my brother had actually been there my, uh, a few years back and he had studied medicine and she had made this call without me knowing to the doctor who taught him the lecturer who was there and said do you remember this guy well I've got his younger brother could you take a punt on him and she gave a bit of background into what I was like what I what I do what I was interested in and amazingly they did and I think about four or five days before uh, the term began in September I got a call saying that if I wanted to do medicine at St Andrews to jump on a train basically and get down there and I, I realized I know to this day that is incredibly fluky, fluky and just things like that don't happen every day but I thought it was meant to be at that point I thought it's meant to be I am destined to do medicine because through these series of events I am now training to be a doctor now I did a sort of old school kind of course I did just years of theory so I didn't actually see a patient for about five years into the course so I did the, the normal setup was that I would do three years of theory basically reading from textbook learning kind of the basics and then I would go on to do my clinical part of the training and that clinical training would take place in Manchester there was a, a sort of default link between St Andrews and Manchester University but I chose to stay for a fourth year an honours year where I would do a dissertation and I actually looked at the uh, nerve kind of arrangement in the deltoid muscle I was doing a bit of a detailed uh, neuromuscular study that's what I chose to do my dissertation on and I stayed for a fourth honours year and that meant all of the friends that I'd made had kind of left and gone off to Manchester to start their clinical so in one way I was behind by a year but then I thought actually this is going to give me a better grounding I'll be able to explore areas of medicine that I'm interested in this year and it was it was useful but then instead of taking the clinical place in Manchester after my fourth year I decided to go to London and that's where things really really went downhill I say downhill it wasn't London specifically in the hospitals there but it's just at that point when I realized I was about to deal with patients and that I didn't really want to do it sounds so ridiculous now to tell people that I didn't really like dealing with ill people which is fundamental to the role I remember the first day of starting clinical uh, training I put gloves on and someone coughed and I remember blowing the almost like germs away and I just thought I can't do this I, d I don't want to touch a patient I don't want to go into a room where someone's ill it just seemed I don't know it was a it was a difficult time because I'd been thinking I'd been training for four years I'd learned all this theory and now I needed to put it into practice but I didn't really want to and I had placements at uh, St Bart's and the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel. The first placement I enjoyed. I, I, I found myself really interested in the hepatobiliary field. So dealing with things like liver, um, bowel duct issues, which was an area, I mean, I thought I'd been earmarked for cardiology, but this was an area I wasn't expecting to enjoy and I just really took to that. But it was the oddest thing because I found that actually the higher up and this... This obviously may not be everyone's experience, but this personally was mine. I found that the higher up the ladder you went in terms of the level of uh, seniority, the more obnoxious and rude you became. Now, I know that sounds very stereotypical, but for me, that's what I encountered. It just seemed like um, 
everything I said was being belittled by those who were kind of supervising me. It was almost kind of not to teach me a lesson, but it seemed like they had worked their way through the ranks and they had the, I don't know, they, they felt like they had the right to kind of act in that manner. So I was really put off from the get go from the training that I actually had. But then in the second placement, I was kind of left. I mean, I was working over in uh, Romford in a hospital there. And I remember that there was no real structure or program in place at the time for me. So I was left, I was walking around the hospital and I was thinking no one's monitoring my time. So I could come and go as I please. I could just leave if I wanted to go home. I could go home and no one would probably check. And we were told to kind of explore. And I thought, well, I can't go and watch certain surgeries, probably because of my age and my inexperience. I don't want to randomly just approach a whole load of patients sitting in the hospital and ask them what's wrong to practice my interview technique. It just didn't feel right. And I was I was thinking, well, what should I learn? Or is this it? Am I meant to learn on the job? Should I just see what I see? And, and on reflection, maybe I could have invested a bit more. But at that point, I just knew it, it wasn't for me. It really wasn't. I love the subject of biology, but medicine... And being a hospital doctor just wasn't for me. I, I'm, medicine is an incredible career. And I know lots of medics who thrive in, in that profession who have always wanted to be a doctor. And the idea of helping people, I've always wanted to do. That's why I'm in the, this... Well, I've gone from one stressful job to another. That's why I'm involved in the teaching profession and have been for the last 10 years or so. But this was different. I... I just didn't have that passion for medicine that I felt I should have to continue. And I remember my last day really vividly. It was about six o'clock in the morning and I'd been asked to watch an endoscopy. Now at six in the morning when you've had very little breakfast, watching a tube go into someone's backside and, and then viewing it on a giant HD TV screen just was not for me. And I remember the consultant said, doesn't this look amazing when they were looking at the images? And I, at the time, had must have zoned out and was looking at the screen. And I remember saying to them, it is amazing. I wonder how many HDMI ports it has. And I was thinking about the size of the screen. I was looking at the technology rather than actually the screen. And even, it makes me laugh now, but I was thinking, if I don't care what's actually on the screen at the moment, then what am I doing here? I moved straight from that experience into another room where... Another doctor had said, uh, Rob, come and have a look at this patient. I'm going to look at her anal skin tags. And with that, I mean, that's enough for anyone at six in the morning. But I just thought, you know what? This isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. It's not what it's not a career I want to follow. I had a stethoscope around my neck. I took it off and I just laid it on the table. And no one really noticed me do that. I laid I had a pen uh, in my hand. I just put that down and I walked out. I walked out and I remember calling parents and just saying, that's the end of my medical career. So I had done all these years of theory, done an honours year at university. I'd been well through my clinical training in London and I just jacked it in. I just didn't want to do it anymore before training or qualifying rather as a, a junior doctor. So some people say to me, oh, I am a doctor. And I was like, no, for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm not. I did a lot of the training, but I don't ever call myself doctor because I didn't I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it financially as well. Uh, things were a bit tricky. And to be able to finish it, it would have cost a lot more. And at that point, I just thought this isn't an investment that I wanted to follow. It just wasn't for me. And at that point, then I was worried because I thought, what, what am I going to do? What would I do? And then at the time, my sister who... Uh, 
is a solicitor, offered me a role, a job role, an admin role in her firm in London. I thought, I will do that for a little while, make a little bit of money, get some cash behind me whilst I think about what I want to do. Now, I always wanted to be a teacher. From a really early age, I, I used to help my little brother with his kind of homework from school, but also uh, growing up in a Jewish family, I we had to sit when we were 13 a bar mitzvah. Or you'd, you'd have a bar mitzvah, but you'd have to sit this exam as part of it. Why the religion would make you sit an exam, some would argue is a bit strange, but still, you had to sit this exam and then you could go on to do the bar mitzvah. And I had, I went through all of that kind of prep and I had a tutor for that and then did my bar mitzvah. And when my younger brother was set to do his exam, I remember getting uh, pens and paper and setting them up on the table and I would be his teacher. I offered to tutor him and I would create these little tests for him. I would create certificates for him, even like my own little merit marks. Granted, parents' evening was a bit odd, talking to mum and dad going, my younger brother's not doing so great. And it sounds ridiculous, but I knew even then that that was what I was wanting to do. That's what I was good at. That's what naturally suited me. That as well was what I was passionate about. So about six months, six, seven months into this job in London, I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually pursue this. And I got the details of a PGC course that Reading were running, Reading University in science. And I signed up. I signed up. And I started in the September I passed the PGC. It was a difficult PGC year for a number of reasons. Uh, not, not the students necessarily. It was more the the awkward staff that I ended up dealing with. But that's a whole other podcast and a whole other matter. But I did it, and then I I gained so much experience, and I learned exactly how not just to teach, but how not to teach. To be honest, from some people that I was watching, and I just learned how to interact with the students and. I could be dynamic in that environment and I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do, different lesson plans based on, I know the bar mitzvah exam was a very specific kind of content, but I was thinking about the heart, the area that I was interested in thinking, oh, I could do this with the students. I could dissect and show them this. I had all these ideas and then I landed my first uh, job role as just a general science teacher in a school in Bracknell. And then it went from there and 10 years later, nearly, I am where I am now. I've now uh, fulfilled what exactly what I wanted to from the get-go, really. I'm in a job that I love, that I'm passionate about. I get to see and help students that are wanting to apply for medicine at university. And I come at it, what I love is that I can come at it from a very different angle. I don't at all put them off. On the contrary, if I if I think they are destined to be a medic, if I hear that passion in their voice, I will encourage them. And I offer, through the kind of Kytos Enrichment Programme, loads of activities that they can be part of to enrich their kind of CV and their experience so that they're fully prepared for that. But I don't, I don't, I need to be clear, I don't put them off at all. What I do is give a different opinion, a different slant. I give them my story and my experience of following a medical career path. It really wasn't for me. And I can hear in the voices of some of the students that I talk to that it really isn't for them. That maybe, I'm not suggesting there's parental pressure, but maybe that kind of just own expectation. They they too, I hear many people say they love science, they enjoy biology, they want to take it further. Medicine seems like a logical step. But that's the thing. It's It's logical, but it's illogical if they've not really thought through the myriad of other careers that they could do with, say, a biology degree. I mean, there's, when I was at school, 
it almost felt like to me in my head, you do biology, then that would maybe lead to a career in medicine, and then you work in a hospital. But it's so different now. The you could do with a biology degree, there's a hundred and one different kind of career opportunities available to you. And even if you do medicine, you don't have to be a hospital doctor. You can go and branch off into a hundred and one different fields from that. I mean, you could research if you really don't want to have patient contact. You can go the other way and, and not have any and do your own research. And there's just so many opportunities available now. But that's my kind of story. That's why I went from patients to pupils. Patients, it just wasn't for me. Pupils, it isn't helping students learn and helping them become the best they can be. And as I said, I feel fulfilled. I'm in a job that I absolutely love and I get to use my degree. It's not at all wasted. Some have suggested that maybe it is a waste, but it really isn't because I use what I learned in my degree in lots of the enrichment sessions that I run. I bring in a lot of the medical information that I know in terms of my lesson resources. I teach them little FYIs, little extra bits of information, other things that they might be interested in. Uh, when I do medical interviews and interview prep or university prep and thinking about things like the BMAT, the UK CAT, well, that's UCAT now because they're dropping the K because it's an international exam. When I do all of that kind of interview preparation, I can bring in my experience to that and I can ask questions that are about the NHS and relevant to medicine today. So I think really my take home message is that if you are passionate and you do want to follow a career in medicine, then absolutely go for it. But deep down, if you know it isn't for you, then then really don't. Explore other avenues, explore other opportunities. I was worried that I would get stuck in that job. That that was me sorted. Now, once I'd finished clinical, that was it. I was going to have to go on a rotation, get posted somewhere, start as a junior doctor, and then just work my way up to the level that members of my family were. But actually, I didn't need to. And if I had done that, then I certainly wouldn't be making this podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs>